As we look all around us, we see a world that appears to be spinning very much out of control. It seems as if the forces of darkness and evil are prevailing over all that is right and good, and we cannot help but wonder, is God really in control? Does his sovereignty have limits? Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast dedicated to helping people grow in their understanding of Bible prophecy and its relevance to their lives today. This is Steve Miller, and our goal in each episode is to learn more about Bible prophecy, how it applies to us, and what it reveals about the God behind all of Bible prophecy. Our focus in this current episode is God's sovereignty. Does it extend over all things, or does it have limits? From the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible proclaims that God is sovereign, that He is in complete control of this world and of all history. Consider this, it is because God created the heavens and the earth that history even exists. It was God who gave birth to history when He spoke this planet and everything on it into existence. This is what set history into motion. After God finished his work of creation, he gave Adam and Eve dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing. The fact that God had the authority to delegate the stewardship of the earth to Adam and Eve confirms his complete sovereignty over all things. It is because Adam and Eve were charged with the stewardship of this planet that when they fell into sin, the entire world fell under the curse of sin as well. Sin became an unremovable stain upon all of creation. As Romans 8 verses 20 and 21 says, Creation became subjected to futility and is under the bondage of corruption. And creation groans in anticipation of that day when Christ returns and the world is made new again. Those words, subjected to futility, point out a very important truth to us. Because of sin, no part of creation is able to fulfill God's original purpose for it. This is true for man and woman as well. Our fallen condition means that no matter how hard we try, we are incapable of changing this fallen world into a good one. As Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3 says, Before we receive Christ, We are dead in trespasses and sin, and are by nature children of wrath. By our very nature, we are unable to experience or bring about the peace and harmony and happiness that God intended for His creation. No human ruler or human kingdom had the ability to bring about paradise on earth. Because sin has severed us from God, we are also severed from the good that only God can bring about in our lives and in this world. No amount of effort can enable us to rise above the curse that has been placed upon this earth because of sin. Every attempt by mankind to bring about any kind of utopia is destined to fail. That's what it means to be subjected to futility. The good news is that even though mankind has abused the authority that God delegated to him, God is still fully in control of everything. He is still as sovereign as he has ever been. 
No matter what humanity does, it can never overrule God's master plan for history or the future. Mankind's failure to be a good steward of what God entrusted to him does not diminish in any way the extent of God's sovereignty. When people act contrary to God, God does one of two things. He either permits their evil actions for his purposes, or he overrules their wickedness so that his purposes may stand. As Joseph told his brothers in Genesis 50:20, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. One of the most significant affirmations that God is sovereign over history is the many prophecies in the Bible that have been fulfilled with 100% accuracy. Everything in the past that God has said would happen, has happened. Let's do a quick survey of some of these fulfilled prophecies. In Genesis 3.15, on the very day that Adam and Eve fell into sin, God declared that he would provide a savior to redeem mankind from sin and to crush Satan. That prophecy came true thousands of years later at the cross, when Jesus secured victory over sin and conquered death for all time. In Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3, God promised he would make Abraham the father of a great nation, and he did, using an elderly Abraham and Sarah who were unable to give birth. He gave them a son named Isaac, who went on to have millions of descendants. In Genesis 15.3, God prophesied that the Israelites would be slaves in Egypt for 400 years. This indeed happened. And then in Exodus 3.8, he promised his people that they would be delivered from Egypt and returned to their land. At the time, Pharaoh was one of the most powerful rulers in the world. Yet God was firmly in control of all that Pharaoh did. In Exodus 9.16, God told him, For this purpose I have raised you up, to show you my power, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Let's fast forward to the glory years of Israel under King David and King Solomon. In 1 Kings 11, God warned Solomon that Israel would be split into two kingdoms, and after King Solomon died, that's exactly what happened. In 1 Kings 14, we find the prophecy that the northern kingdom of Israel would be deported to Assyria. It was, and the people never returned. In Jeremiah 25, God foretold that the southern kingdom of Judah would be taken into exile for 70 years, and at the end of that time, Babylon would be punished for its iniquity. That's exactly what happened. The Medo-Persian Empire conquered Babylon, and afterward, King Cyrus permitted the people of Judah to return to their land. Then in Daniel chapter 2, we have a prophecy that provides a grand overview of thousands of years of human history. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of a statue that portrayed the future kingdoms of the world, spanning from his day all the way to the world's final empire. Looking back now, we see that God accurately prophesied that the Babylonian empire, or the head of gold, would be conquered by the Medo-Persians, or the chest and arms of silver. Then came Alexander the Great, who invaded the known world and established the Greek Empire, or the midsections and thighs of bronze. The Greeks were then succeeded by the Roman Empire. 
At this point of the statue, we reached the two legs made of iron, and prophecy was accurately fulfilled once again when the Roman Empire was split into Eastern and Western power. The statue ends with feet and toes of iron and clay. This iron speaks of remnants of the territories that once formed the Roman Empire, the parts of which people would attempt to cobble together with clay. And today, we are seeing Bible prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes, as the many parts of the former Roman Empire, that is, the nations of Europe, attempt to be unified through the European Union. And in the same way that iron and clay don't mix, the European Union has struggled constantly to maintain unity among many very diverse people and circumstances. From the time Daniel gave this prophecy to our world today, some 2,600 years have gone by. Empires have risen and fallen. Kings and generals have taken and lost land. And yet, everything continues to move forward exactly as God said it would. No amount of effort on the part of mankind can derail God's master plan for history. The European Union of today is the feet and clay of Daniel's statue. And we know what comes next. A massive stone will strike the statue at his feet and destroy this final world empire. This stone represents Christ at his return when he will take back the planet and establish his rule over every corner of the earth. In Deuteronomy 28, God warned the people of Israel that if they persisted in their disobedience against him, he would scatter them from one end of the earth to the other. He said that among these nations you shall find no respite, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. And that's what happened in AD 70, and again in AD 132, when Rome came and destroyed Jerusalem, ravaged the land of Israel, and scattered the Jewish people. For the next 1900 years, the land lay desolate. And yet, God promised in Ezekiel chapters 36 and 37 that he would bring the Jewish people back. In Ezekiel 36:24, God promised, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. Against all odds, after many centuries of uneasy exile all over the world, the Jewish people began returning to their land in the late 1800s. At first, it was a small trickle, and in time, thousands upon thousands made the trip home. And on May 14, 1948, the nation of Israel was reborn. This is one of God's greatest modern-day miracles. Especially impressive is that Israel became a nation again in one day, fulfilling the prophecy in Isaiah 66, 8. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth in one moment? All these past prophecies we've just looked at about history, and many more have been fulfilled with perfect accuracy. And there is a future prophecy where we are seeing the puzzle pieces come together right now, right before our very eyes. In Ezekiel 38, we are told that in the latter days, a coalition of nations will carry out a massive invasion against Israel. They will attack from the north, and these nations are named in the first several verses of Ezekiel 38. They include Russia, Iran, Iran, 
Turkey, Sudan, and more. Not until recently has Ezekiel's prophecy made any sense, because all through history, we've never seen these nations form any kind of military alliance. But today, Russia and Iran are very close and have strong military ties. And they, in turn, are now developing stronger relations with Turkey. We are also starting to see military alliances form between the other nations listed in Ezekiel 38. Most ominous of all is the fact that both Russia and Iran now have a very significant military presence in the nations of Syria and Lebanon, both of which are right on Israel's northern border. There have already been sporadic hostile attacks against Israel that originate from Lebanon and Syria, and all of this is a foreshadow of the future invasion that will take place against Israel. God is setting the stage, and once again, we see signs that history is unfolding exactly the way God said it would. The fact that world events continue to conform to God's predictions in Scripture serves as overwhelming evidence that history is in God's hands. We find this truth affirmed again and again all through the Bible. No matter how badly history appears to be veering off course, God's sovereignty is keeping everything on track. That which God has predestined to happen will absolutely come to pass. Let's be encouraged as we remind ourselves of what Scripture tells us about God's sovereignty over history, as well as his control over the rulers and governments that attempt to take the steering wheel of history into their own hands. Isaiah 14.24 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, As I have planned, so shall it be, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Three verses later we read, The Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Psalm 135.6 declare, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. And Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, we see the twin truths of God's sovereignty and his ability to determine the future intertwined in these wonderful words. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. That's exactly what God does in Bible prophecy. He declares the end from the beginning, and he reveals to us from ancient times the things that are still future. Daniel 2.21 tells us that God changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. Proverbs 21 verse 1 proclaims that a king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Daniel 4.35 says, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? Isaiah 40.17 tells us, All the nations are nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. 
After Satan did everything he could to get Job to abandon God, Job said this about the Lord's control over his life as well as all events. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. That's in Job 42, 2. When it comes to the governments of this world, Romans 13, 1 says, There is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Psalm 75, 7 says, It is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. All through history we have seen nations come and go and borders change. Acts 17.26 says that God is behind all that. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries and their dwelling place. Proverbs 21.30 says that no wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. And Psalm 33.10 declare, The Lord bringeth the counsel of the nation to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. We see man's authority stand face to face with God's authority in dramatic exchange that took place between Pontius Pilate and the Lord Jesus Christ. Pilate said, Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you. And Jesus responded, You would have no authority over me at all, unless it had been given you from above. This tells us that even Pilate's authority to condemn God's son to death was not outside the sovereignty of God. Even in the crucifixion, God was supremely in control. In Acts 2.23 we read that Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. The fact that God's authority supersedes man's authority at every point is confirmed by the end result of Christ's death and resurrection. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 that death is swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, History is in God's hand. He has already determined the future. That is why we have no reason to fear all that is going wrong in our world. We do not need to be afraid of what will happen tomorrow, for God has already been there. God has planned what will happen. He is directing history as it unfolds, and He will bring everything to its appointed end. There is absolutely nothing that can take God by surprise. Never will we hear God panic and say, Now what will I do? God ordains, He orchestrates, and He fulfills. This is why, as the world descends into chaos, we can know calm in our hearts. As strife takes place all around us, we can know peace. No matter how out of control evil gets, we can have confidence that God will reign it in. God's invisible hand of sovereignty is made visible on the pages of human history. As we look into the past and see how world events have unfolded, we can clearly see God at work in the lives of people and nations. Every single person and event, past, present, and future, is an instrument through which God works to bring about His ultimate purposes 
which are to make salvation possible and for people to return to him, to take back the earth, to establish Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords, to bring about a new heavens and earth, and to fellowship with and be worshipped by his redeemed children for all eternity. As Romans 11.36 so perfectly says about God, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments! How inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. In the next several podcasts, we're going to take a closer look at what is happening in some of the prophetic hotspots in the world today. There are a lot of frightening developments taking place, but they are frightening only from a human standpoint. From a divine standpoint, they are amazing because in every single instance, we can see God at work behind the scenes, bringing about His purposes and fulfilling His plan. In this present podcast, I wanted to establish the foundational truth that no matter what happens in this world, God is still in control. It is this truth that will sustain us when we struggle with the growing tide of evil and wickedness all around us. So let us take this truth to heart, for it will help us to stand strong as the storms of human history reach their peak as we approach the end time. And be sure to join me for the upcoming episodes of Foreshadows Report as we survey what God is doing in the prophetic hotspots in today's world. Thank you for joining me for this episode. My prayer is that you've been blessed by what Scripture says about God's sovereignty. And if you would like to find more resources I've put together on the subject of Bible prophecy, you can go to my website at stevemillerresources.com. That's stevemillerresources.com. You can also receive my daily post on Bible prophecy and world events by going to Foreshadows Report on the Telegram Messenger channel. I want to close by thanking Harvest House Publishers for making this podcast possible and by thanking you for listening. Together, may we always rejoice over the truth that history is in God's hands.